was that when we when we purchased and came to look at this building, the uh, the Methodists originally had their pulpit right here, which is at the centre. Uh, we found that out when we moved the carpet because um, we saw we we saw that there was um, marks, but they actually moved the carpet the the pulpit to here. It was actually here when we when we purchased. Sorry, when we, I know the guys in the PA are looking at me because I'm there to speak with this, and it was here. And you did have to go up six steps. And you talked about being six foot. I was about 15 foot. It was terrible to feel that you would have had somebody preaching from you that probably you got a crick in your neck if you were on the uh, fourth or fifth row in the room. But God's blessed us with this place. I just say that so that some of you know the turmoil inside my heart when I say that. I'm just going to confess which is true. Because it has many challenges. It's a bit like life, isn't it? We're blessed and there's many challenges. Um, this weekend um, actually falls between, Jeff was telling us that uh, if you were with us last week, that uh, we just passed Quitter's Day, where most people have thrown in the towel on their New Year's resolutions. Uh, there's a couple of days that it actually could be. But tomorrow, you know what tomorrow's known as? It's Blue Monday. And when you read about Blue Monday, it's supposed to be the saddest day in the year. So we're sandwiched in the middle between quitting and, and Blue Monday. In actual fact, just so that you know, it probably was something invented by marketeers who wanted you to feel as though it's so bad, I need a holiday. You watch today and tomorrow how many adverts are on TV as a result of it being Blue Monday to try to tempt you away to some uh, sunny paradise. Um, I'd say one thing, I'd say just be careful that social media doesn't shape how your day is. Well, I'm really glad to be able to say that this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to be glad and rejoice in it. And you know what I'm going to say tomorrow morning? This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You'll get it eventually. And on Tuesday, do you know what I'm going to say? This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. We'll get there. We're, we're doing better. On Wednesday, I'm going to get up and I'm going to say these words. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I hope you join in with that because as you do that at the start of your day, it transforms your day. Probably all of us that are in the room right now or if you're listening online, you, you have this as a desire in your life that the year is not going to be filled with quitting and, uh, and, and sad days, although those sometimes come and there are challenges for us all that we've got to work through. But we hope that this year is going to be a year where there are days that are joyous, days we can celebrate, days where we connect with God and we connect with people around us, days where we can be a blessing and an encouragement to others and we'll experience it ourselves, days where our lives can make a difference. Wouldn't you like a year like that? That the woman, isn't that true? It's okay. There's, there's going to be, I'm not going to go at it all the time, but it's good for you to, rather than nod like this, it's good for you to say, yeah, I'd like that. Is there anybody you'd like to have a year where there were more days of significance? I see that hand. I see that hand. I hear some voices. I hear that in our hearts, we want to live a life that has some significance. We want to live a life that has some meaning. We don't want to be like, there's a king in the Old Testament. I read it. I found myself very sad about this verse. Yeah? So, I think the guys have changed this. I'm going to switch this and then hope that this will come up. In 2 Chronicles 21.20, it says these words. It says, Jehoram, who was the king, was 32 years old when he became king. He reigned in Jerusalem eight years. He passed away to no one's regret and was buried in the city of David. What an obituary to have about your life. How sad that he came, he lived. He was a guy who was a king, had resources, had power, had the possibility of influencing a nation. And he just passed away. It mattered to no one. It made no difference to anyone. Anybody want that? On your headstone, passed away, didn't matter 
to anyone, anywhere, any place, any time. Is that not a sad verse? Sad verse to read about a king. How tragic. But thankfully, that's not what God's got in, a, in, in store for us in our lives. He doesn't want it for you or me. He wants to, us to have a life where we can do what Paul says. He says to the Ephesian church, and he says these words. He says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. If you're a believer listening to this, I want you to be assured that you have a great calling on your life this year. It's not insignificant. It's a great calling. And, and you know what? It can be exciting because you can be somebody who serves the purpose of God in your generation, in your time, in your space, in your world, not just ambling through. Paul actually writes to the Corinthians and he encourages them not to be those who just amble along and step in and out of faith, take it or leave it. On the contrary, he used that athletic illustration, which was actually, when you read the beginning of Corinthians, his book, his letter was for all people everywhere. That's why there's some teachings in there, which might seem a little difficult, but it wasn't just cultural and for the Corinthian church. He said, run in such a way as to get the prize, to get a crown that will last forever. There's a way in which you and I can run this year in our faith that actually enables us to win the prize. You know, every actor has to go to running school if they want to be an actor. Tom Cruise, classic. Have a watch. I don't know what that... What's that movie where he runs across the roof, jumps, and we all know that in the edit he broke his leg or something. It's a Mission Impossible, but I don't know which one. You see, see, if you run, Tom Cruise is classic. He's a short man. Sorry, there's nothing about being short. But, 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 he's, uh, but he runs. We're not to be those as Christians and believers who are running around like this. Like headless chickens running around. Let me tell you, if somebody's chasing you, this doesn't do it. It doesn't cut it. I was a teacher for 14 years. And PE teacher. Okay, okay, just raise your level up a little bit now. It wasn't... Uh, honest English teachers or maths teachers who think they rule the world. But knowing a quadratic equation, to be honest, doesn't help you if somebody's chasing you. Yeah? So then I come into my own. There's a way to run. There's a way that you, you, you focus with your head on the, you keep it still, you stay relaxed. You actually use your arms, not like this, but you actually use your arms and they're relaxed and they run like this. Classic Tom Cruise. Some people do this. Some people do that. But they don't do this. You slightly lean forward. You, you have a pose that's relaxed up here, but down here, you are driving the ground away. There's no point in running along like this. That just goes up and down. You drive the ground away from you. Your knees have a high action. You take a good step. And those little points will enable you to run and not look like a headless chicken. There's a run in the natural. And there's a way we can run in the spiritual. I wonder how we're doing. I was praying about my race this coming year. And over these two weeks, we're just having words which are focused on the year ahead. I was wondering how I was doing, how I was running, how the church was. I had a little bit of time to pause and to think, to reflect, to pray, to listen, to walk, to look out my window at my neighbours taking down the big trees because there's a lot of privacy. I'll get over it. I'm going to move out. No, I don't know. There are some things in this coming year that we know are going to be taking place. We planned that we would have three days of prayer and fasting and got a, a great uh, Burns evening where you can come for food and fellowship and, and fun and you can invite your friends into. And, and, and we've got Roger Aubrey, as we mentioned, coming in a couple of weeks. Don't miss it. He's going to be outstanding. Those things, God willing, are going to be taking place because we planned them. We know as leaders that we felt that God's saying to us, we must maintain our teaching, our words about vision, about mission, about moving forward, being salt and light, being seed sowers, seeing increase and growth. And yet there's some things this year that we don't know will happen, will they? They're going to surprise us. God's going to bring along maybe new initiatives. It's already spoken about new people that are going to come, which I'll mention later. So as I'm thinking these things, I got that dreaded middle of the night wake up. And God, I believe it was God, because I've learned what his voice is like rather than a cheese and pickle dream. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Does he nod your head? Sometimes it's just an imagination. 
I started talking to somebody in my dream and it started becoming a little bit more real. And then, But no, I was woken up and then out of the blue, this happened. There was a phrase that came into my mind. Now, when God speaks, it's usually your voice, by the way. It's not a big, boomy voice or anything. And this phrase came, there's so much more in 24. Can we just say that together? There's so much more in 24. Could you say it to somebody next to you? It's very easy. Ready? There's so much more in 24. When you've heard it about three times at three o'clock in the morning, can I tell you, it suddenly becomes something, no. Now, the young boy Samuel in the temple started hearing a voice, had to go to his mentor Eli, who taught him about the fact that eventually it was God's voice. I kind of knew it was God's voice. But inside, I'm just being honest, I thought, God, I don't want to go before the people and say this. It, it could just be a trite little phrase. Can you not just give me something else? Now, I know you'll probably think, oh, dear me, what a bad leader. God is speaking. I was just being honest. That's it. So much more in 24. Well, I really do have to. And so for the next couple of nights, why in the middle of the night it was, I woke up again with this phrase. It was like that music little thing that goes in your head and, and I just couldn't shake it so I decided to play a little bit of a I'm not saying the game with God but so I decided to say well okay if there's so much more in 24 you better tell me what of so much more in 24 I thought good question you might fool them <laughs> I know some of you think I'm dodgy but I'm not I'm just I'm just honestly just talking to God just saying what does that really mean I like it. And but not just what's more in 24, if there's going to be more, more of what? And then, if there's going to be more, what's the more for? Do you know, can I just encourage you, don't have these conversations with God at 3 o'clock in the morning. Just get up a little bit early. Get a cup of tea. Go for a walk. Find a chair to sit in that Mike was talking about. Envelop yourself in the promises of God in, in that chair, and suddenly you're going to find that... Uh, Maybe the conversation takes place rather than the middle of the night, but it did, and that was just the way it was. So I got answers to both of those questions, and that's what I'm going to share. What I was encouraged about was that once I'd heard that, I came to a meeting on New Year's Day, and David prophesied about there being an increase. And Ali came and brought a song. You're going to hear some more of that later. And, and brought a song about there being more and being increased. I went and sat with Jeff and we had a cup of tea and we were just talking about the two Sundays that we had. And I found that God had placed in his heart this word, increase. That there's more in 24. It's not same old, same old people. That's great news. Especially for some of us that the same old, same old hasn't been doing it. It hasn't pressed the buttons. It hasn't seen the fruit. It hasn't seen the growth. And God comes and says, there's so much more in 24. I think I've got a clue for you as towards what that will be. So here's a few things about, should we just say it again together? Because if I'm going to be pained with it, I'm going to make sure you're pained with it. Let's say it together with the volume. There's so much more in 24. These are not my words because I wouldn't have done it, but here are the, some things. And can I just say, these are going to be peas, but were not peas that I came up with. All these words, there's six words and they're all P's. And it just says, you've asked for what it's going to be. This is what it's going to be, Dave. There's going to be more power. Now, we know that the disciples were promised more power at Pentecost. It said there will be power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. That The promise of God for each one of us who are his disciples is that there is a power that would enable us not just to have tingles, but go out and touch and change the world with the love and the life of Jesus. But if without that living, breathing, dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit, you know what our Christian life is going to be like? It's going to be tough, dry. We're going to be hanging in. It just isn't pleasant. But God's power. We'll find it. We'll find this. If if we don't have that relationship, this a now relationship with the Holy Spirit, 
we'll find we live on yesterday's power. Some of these batteries, the batteries in here, they get charged up each week and they start draining all the way. And sometimes in the middle of a meeting, you're aware it's just gone dead. The battery's gone, the power source has gone. Some Christians live their lives by getting a plug-in on Sunday, charging up and then trying to get through the week. A diminishing power constantly, rather than a replenished power, because this morning I said, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Holy Spirit, come and, and just, I want to know you more. Are we making those kind of prayers? Or are we just plugged into the power from a yesterday's experience? That is not for this year. Because God wants us to have more power. There's more power for the hungry. There's more power for the people who are holy. We're not holy than now, but God says to each and every one, be holy, for I am holy. That means I can't live my life my way, on my terms. I have to live by what his word says. And suddenly I'm plugging in to the power of God, constantly on a main line, rather than diminishing batteries. For many of us to encounter more in 24, we have to realize the truth. Stop operating our own strength and say, we need his power. And he promises it. His goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of his life, but we have this power within us. The same power that rose Christ from the grave lives in you. It lives in you. It lives in me. There's more power in 24. There's more presence. Now the thing is this, that the presence of God, the whole earth is filled with the glory of God, Isaiah says in Isaiah 6 verse 2. So clearly there's not a problem with the glory and presence. What's the problem? It's maybe you and I, our awareness of it. Would that not be true? The, God can't lie. He says, the whole earth is filled with the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The difference is that Dave, maybe my eyes don't see, my ears don't hear him speaking, my heart doesn't feel him moving because I'm not tuned into him. God wants this to be a year of more presence. But we have a part to play. We were reminded that this morning. God can do anything any time, any place, anywhere. But we have to be the hungry. We have to be the thirsty. We have to be those who just say, I want more of you. You could sit there today and be totally unchanged by all that has already taken place that we could, truthfully, just go home because God has spoken. If his word directs us to behave in a particular way, people of God, we need to do it. And with that, it hooks into David's word. It means change. Even now, without going delving around, the Holy Spirit speaking to you, just saying, this area is really, is it as, he doesn't come to me and beat me up. He convicts me. He doesn't condemn me. The condemning is the enemy's thing. I get a conversation like this. I'll just be sat there. Is that the best way to drive, Dave? Do you really need to overtake that person? You're going to get there one minute earlier and your spleen and innards are going to be... That's the way God speaks. Is, it, is, it, is that the best way? Big tip. When you get that kind of question, know that the answer is, no, it isn't. I want to do better. Help me, please. That's the answer. Yeah, don't try to justify. Yeah, but if you only saw how he cut off and he could have killed somebody, but I put him in his place as I razzed past him along that coast road. For there to be more presence, we need to be aware of his presence. For there to be more presence, do you know what we can do? Raise the level of expectation that we've been having. Raise the level of expectation that God can use you and will use you outside of the meeting, inside of the meeting. I've told you before, I have the expect a miracle in my porch for this reason. Somebody kindly brought it to me as a gift, but it does to me this. If in the bit of my day before I step out the house, I have not really been conscious of God, Holy Spirit, the love of God, even the whatever's needing doing in the house. I just get into auto mode and I, I and I'm stepping out. Before as I open the door this way, there is this I've got to you know what it's like. You open the door. Mike, you did a very good opening doors the other day. I'm not so good. You you're a good actor. 
I open the door. And as I open the door, I have to look this way. And what's on that wall? Expect a miracle. It says, Dave, raise the level of expectation you've got. This day could be spectacular. And this day, you could be a blessing and you could help and you could encourage. And you could have God working through you. So don't just settle for ordinary and normal. Would that be good for all of us? I can't buy you that sign. We'll put it up in social media. Just think about that. We have a part to play in how we live our lives, holy lives. We have a part to play in expecting that God can do it in the world and when we come together. God seeks those who worship Him in spirit and truth. I choose to be one of those people when I walk in this room. If we all do that, it transforms the spiritual temperature in the room. Now, I appreciate the stuff that's going on that some of us have not even shared. God is with you and loves you and He's for you in that. He will provide for you the mercy and the grace to come through. When we walk in the room, we have every expectation that the room changes. A coffee shop, a lounge, a staff room, the ward that you might be on. Why? This first. We are the aroma of Christ among those who have been saved and, and among those who are perishing. Believers and unbelievers, your life changes when you walk in just into that building of Compassion Act with your numerous people around desks. We know that we can change a room by our attitude when we walk in. I know that because sometimes when I had a stinky day, especially as a teacher and the kids were in there, they kind of could feel that Dad was in a mood. Pull your big boy pants up, Dave. Kids don't need to know that. That's what I'd say to myself. You, you might say, oh, you don't even knew Dave. Well, God does. And God will help you. You're the aroma of Christ. We have a word over this church that we will be the prof- we will be carriers of the fire of His presence. That's hopefully when we come in here. But it was more about going out there, carriers of the fire's presence. Is there anybody in the room that would like to be a carrier of the fire of His presence? Is there? Just don't be ashamed. Put your hand up if if you'd like your world to be changed. See, here's the thing, KB. If this was like the torch. Some of us in Southport knew the Olympic torch came along. We went up to KGV and we cheered it as people kind of all pressed in and stopped it moving along. It was a great moment. That torch was passed from one person to another. For for you to be able to be a carrier, you've got to say, I'm going to take something. I'm going to be something. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Do you want more? God wants us to have more power, more awareness of his presence with us day by day. He also wanted more prayer. Now, can I just say about this? I didn't feel that it was about quantity of prayer, but it will improve. If you go into a Christian meeting and talk about uh, your prayer life and reading the Word, do you know that a lot of Christians just have a bit of a guilt trip? They kind of feel they should always be doing better. Now, to be fair, many then don't do anything about it. We can do something. We, we can this year, where it's a year where there's in 2024, there'll be so much more. If we could maybe look at our schedules and say, how can I just find time to talk, to listen, to worship? We will find time and you can think yourselves of bits of your life where you just say, I actually waste so much time during the year. How about this year? We just find a little bit of time to Pray and be creative. If you have a rhythm that says, this is what I do and this is how I always do it, how about freshening that up? Adding something in that's a little bit different. The Bible does talk about the fact that all believers should think of themselves with sober judgment. The danger is we can be too hard on ourselves. We just need to think ourselves realistically. Just be truthful. Do you know what? I could get up 15 minutes earlier so I'm not in such a rush. So I could just pause maybe in the car, in the car park before you go to work or on your walk in. You could maybe walk along and put your hand on each of your neighbor's walls. And as you do, you're just praying the blessing of God on them. But you could, you, 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 you could uh, make sure that you're looking out of your window and uh, your neighbor might be passing by and you might deliberately go to put the bins out at that point in time. So you could just say hello. I heard a beautiful story from Julia about John taking a moment 
and why hear my voice? Where's that microphone gone, Jeff? Did you keep it? Can we switch it on? Julie? You were telling me about how John, you'll need to come here because otherwise it... So you hear a story that something happened and that John and Julie were there and she told me what something John did about the lady with the flower. Uh, we were looking out of our kitchen window and we saw a girl working across, walking across the field with her dog. And we knew her and we prayed for her quite a bit. And she'd lost her husband about a year ago. And John wanted to invite her to Burns Night, so he went out into the field. And he took with him two bunches of daffodils and gave it to her. And she said, how did you know this was the anniversary of Steve's death? And we had no idea, although we had a vague notion it was a year ago. But it was the fact that John on impulse had picked up the daffodils and it was meaningful to her. It showed her that God knew about her situation and he cared. And to me, that was amazing. Thank you, Julia. Thank you, John, for just responding to that prompting. Wasn't it just a simple thing? But do you think that was a powerful one? And, and it's just for all of us. We might not have a bunch of daffodils, but maybe we should go and buy some because they're really cheap and you could have some around and just make it your goal this week. You're going to find somebody just to bless. Who knows? You just say, well, that's a silly little thing, Dave. No, that was such a beautiful moment. It's not about whether she does or doesn't come to Burns Night. Hopefully she would, but it's a connection where we are expressing love and kindness. And every single one of us in this room could do it. Just point to somebody next to you. You can do it. Just look them in the eye. Don't stare them out like some kind of psycho. You can do it. You can do it. And oftentimes it starts with a prayer life that suddenly tunes you in to the voice of God. Hopefully I'll get better in the middle of the night. More power, more presence, more prayer, and more praise. These are things that just came along. Straight away says, if you want to know, Dave, this is what it is. And I thought, I like your alliteration, Lord. I was speaking that in an honoring way. It was just like, it's a bit easy for me to remember. Then in your home, in your car, as you're walking, with your, with your little buds in your ears, in connect groups, in corporate gatherings, in special events, there's moments where we've just got to say, how will we sing? Is the only place that where you sing when you come in here on a Sunday? Is it? Have we kind of turned down the volume button? They say, well, I'm Dave, I'm not a singer like you. People have been saying that to me for years, so don't worry. Three chord Dave and sing. But I don't care. I can sing in tune. You say, well, I can't, so that gives me an excuse. No, it doesn't. You're wiping out so many scriptures, so much blessing by the fact that you choose to be quiet and silent. Yes, but, and, and some of us have non-Christian homes that we're in. I can't really do it. Then go somewhere else. Find somewhere. There's somewhere where every single one of us can go and we could actually just lift our voice. And we don't need a tape or anything. It could just be this. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you. I haven't got any more words. God says you don't need them. I love you, Lord. I love you, my son. Oh, where did that come from? I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Is there anybody in the room who couldn't do that? Put your hand up. Now, you see, we can, but, but just ask yourself, not to beat yourself, just say, do I ever do it? It's not speaking it. There is something about the power of melody that unlocks something of God. Praise will do this to us this year. Praise in the moment where we want to be navel-gazing, in the moment where there's such turmoil, trouble, difficulty, challenge, pressure, relationships, what it does is it turns our eyes away from that. It turns our look to the Lord. And we recognize in that moment where we start singing, I praise you, you're the King of kings. I praise you, you're the Lord of lords. And when we start doing that and we sing it over and over again, it's not some mantra to feel better. It's a declaration of truth. My eyes are on him and faith starts to rise in your heart. Do you want to miss out on more of praise in 24? 
Well, I'll just say this, that God brought that along with presence and prayer and power and praise. And we had a word this morning through Jeff, and we'll hear this word later on again, about, he said this, I'm going to encounter more people. Kerry mentioned it, that the empty chairs are going to be filled in a year's time. I felt God say this, we will have new people who will come from unexpected places. He hasn't given me any more insight into that, except during this next year, we'll look back and say, where did they come from? Maybe unexpected places in terms of geography or the world or the planet. How they found us, I don't know. But it was also that God will bring more people into your life where your world is. Do you think, we heard the story of Joan who got on her little buggy and went around and delivered invitations to the carol service. Do you think that there's more opportunity that there's going to be in her area where that neighbor she's going to meet? I think there is. Because she just did something. She sowed a little bit of a seed. There'll be more people who cross your path that you will have the opportunity and you will be the pivotal person who decides whether or not they take a step towards faith or away from faith. Your smile, your eyes, your... Everybody, did you smile? This is so much better than... Rather than the head down and the phone down on the train, on the bus. Well, not that I know anything about that because I just don't do buses. I'm sorry, but some of you do. The phone, our book, our world was so focused on getting from A to B that we missed the people who were brushing up alongside us. Who just in a moment of time, just in a, oh, hello, how are you doing? And they might say, yeah, fine. Thinking, who's that matter? But there's going to be somebody who turns around and says, oh, fine, how are you? The smile, the handshake, the welcome, the embrace. Obviously, there's a, some caution with that. Our friendship circles. Our friendship circles could increase because we see people around us and we welcome them in. And we become the landing strip for people to find family and find faith. Every one of us this year has that potential. And it might just start with a cup of tea and a piece of cake and listening to their story. We love it. And finally, for me, it's the provision of God. Now, to be fair, it was provision and pounds. I tell you this, as a leader of the church, you can end up being quite pressured when you look at the books and you think that by the end of the year, if it continues like this, there'll be a shortfall in this particular account. It can be a pressure because the, you, you, I'm probably aware, along with Jeff and Mike, uh, of, of more of the issues of finance. Now, if you're a visitor here, just pause a minute. You can listen to your iPod or whatever it is. I'll just say, if everybody in this church brought their tithe and their offering, there would be no need and there would be food in the house. There wouldn't be that degree of pressure. But that's one of those areas, like God says, live like this because I've got a plan and principles for you to have a thrilling, wonderful life. There's promises that you can stand on by the way that you operate ha handling this finance. There's promises for you, but they'll only be unlocked when you actually put into practice the words that I have. And where there's difficulty and challenge, just come and speak to us. But in this house, we have the privilege and honor of family. With that privilege, there comes responsibility. And we just need to say this year, there's going to be so much more in 24. But I was so encouraged to hear that God would provide. And he said, it's not just about pounds, Dave. It's about this. I wrote down some things. Can I just read it to you? I know that God will supply all my needs according to his riches. I don't need somebody to, by the way, to come along and just remind me of that verse. I know that verse and I've lived that verse. Yeah? It is true. I believe God's word. But here's the thing. It's about people providing their skills and their talents and their welcomes and their hellos. It's about people coming and serving on the, on the, on the welcome team and on the stewards and offering to help with, with, with Maureen and the wonderful crash team and Bonnie with the outstanding junior church team and then Thaddeus and Kathy and uh, Sam is with us for, for within the students. It's about people who say, well, I can't do all of that. That's okay. I was speaking to Sam just about how he found the church when he first came. Do you know what Sam and his dad's first encounter with the church was? Driving into the car park. And I think it probably was good old Eddie Webster in his jacket and his big foam finger 
And he said, hi, this way. And Sam just said, they just thought that was so wonderful. It was so wonderful. Set a tone for what they were going to experience. Don't just walk past somebody that you don't know. Why don't you just say hello? But all of those things, there's going to be so much more in 24 about his provision. But there's the things, the power and the presence and prayer and more praise and more people and more provision because there's going to be what in 24? There's so much more in 24. Can we say it again? So much more in 24. And what is the more for? Well, during our prayer and praise gathering and during the first meeting of the month, we had a word from Ali and I just like Ali to be able to come up because I think she expressed it better than anything else that even I've tried to say. It's not just about me and my blessing. This and the meetings, it's about touching the world. And Ali brought a song and then she brought some words which would help us to, uh, would help us to understand that there's increase, there is more. Do you want to come here, Ali? And would you prefer to have this? So your hands up there. Yeah? We're just going to hear Ali, Ali just share this. Because the recording didn't work during the week. And we want, in particular, for there to be this opportunity for God's word, which came for us all to hear, because some of us weren't there, and for us to have it on record. So the song was, Whatever you have known, there's more to know. Whatever you have seen, there's more to see. For I'm a God of increase, increase, increase. There's always more of me. So give me all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your strength, all that you are. For I'm a God of increase. There's always more of me. Wherever you go, everything you say, everything you do, let me have my way, for I'm a God of increase. There's always more of me. And I explained at the prayer and praise evening, when I read this again, that a phrase came to me. These words stuck with me, which doesn't always happen when I bring a song. And the phrase that came to me when I was pondering about it was this. It's a bit odd. What God does within will cause us to turn with out. What God does within will cause us to turn with what we've got in out. So as we draw closer, as we walk nearer, as we look to go both deeper and higher, we will be changed within, which will cause us to turn outwards with him or through his Holy Spirit. He's the God of the increase as we submit to him. Our going out is not our timing. It's not our way. It's not out of duty or obligation or feeling coerced or any expectation of us but it's out of a heart of compassion that is open and available to him. This is what causes us to reach out. If not, we strive in our own strength, and he has specifically asked that we give him that. There are times that we go, speak, and do, because that's our commission, and it's his command, and we walk in obedience regardless of how we feel or what we want to do but it's catching his heart for those around us that makes all the difference. And we do that by simply spending time with him. And if we give him all of ourselves as our inner man, and we give him all of our lives as we live day by day, his Holy Spirit will prompt us to go, to speak and to do anyway. The responsibility for the growth, the increase, is always his. Our part is obedience walking as close as we can, not waiting to feel ready or be perfect with our lives fully sorted before we go, but knowing that as we walk with him, facing outwards, he will not only go with us, but he will also continue his work within us. Dave asked me earlier in the week if I would read that, and then this morning he said to me, if there's anything else, bring the something else. And I've had a word, just a single word for weeks, which is winnowing. And it's not a word I know. It's not a word 
but I really understood what it meant. And when Jeff brought God's word to us this morning, he was talking about the Holy Spirit blowing. And if you look up a dictionary definition of the word winnowing, it means to blow. And if you think of a harvest process um, with the fields and the wheat, there comes a point where they've chopped off the stalks and all the rest of it, and they get to the point where there's the husks and the grain. And all that happens to separate the grain from the husks is there's a wind that blows in the machinery. That's all it takes. It's not a fire. It's not something that comes and crushes. It's not something heavy. It's just simply this blow, and it separates the grain, and it separates the husks. But biblically, winnowing is normally about evil. It's when you read the scriptures in the New Testament where you talk about evil, it's Jesus coming along and saying, this is the good and this is the bad. And I was saying to God, well, how does that work then? Are you saying that when we get to the point where you want to blow, it's blowing away bad stuff? Are you saying that we're walking around with all this bad stuff and you want to blow that away? And I believe what God's challenge is for us this year is that we have stuff in our lives which is good. We look at it and think, well, there's nothing wrong with this. It's not contrary to your word. It's not evil. It's not hurting anybody. But God doesn't want it there because he wants us to be doing something else. He doesn't want it there because he wants us to be focusing on something else. And our perspective is that we look at it and we think, but it's okay. God's perspective is he looks at it and says, no, it's not, because that no longer should be in your life. And as Jeff was speaking, I just believe there are people here this morning and God simply wants to come along and blow and to remove the husk. The husk, when the grain is forming, has a good purpose. It performs this protection. It is healthy. But it gets to a point for the grain to be taken and used that that husk has to go. That good thing that was good for a time has to go. And for some of us this morning, this is the day. But God is saying, you already know what these things are. I've touched on these and you've come to me or you've sat there and thought, but it's good. There's nothing wrong with this. This is good. And God is saying in itself, there is nothing wrong with it. It is good but it is no longer good in your life. It is time for that to go. Thank you, Anne. Great hearing the word of the Lord today. The musicians, could they just come back up as we're going to be closing out our time? In a moment, we're going to hear Jeff's word again. Strong prophetic word. We're going to remember that David came and just said there's times of increase here. There is so much more in 24, but it's going to require change. And Ali's word comes and says there's change. It is something that only you and I can do to open up the windows, to open up the doors. There's a part, as Thaddeus reminded us, that we have to play in this process. We don't want to batten down the hatches at this point in time and say it's going to be same old, same old. And Sue said, it's like today, it's not tomorrow. It's in this time and in this moment. So we want to be able to just respond to it. Don't despise the day of small beginnings, what you have in your life and in your hands saying, I I don't really know God. I've not got much. Moses had a walking stick and God used it and turned it into a snake as a prophetic sign to a nation. A widow had, had just a little bit of oil and Elisha came along and performed a miracle so she could be provided for in the next season of her life. A boy had five loaves and two fishes. And when he came to Jesus with that, it transformed into a miracle that fed thousands. It says five, but there was probably eight. Because he came with the little that he had and he gave it to Jesus. And we get a moment right now, whatever we've had, good that it is, We bring it to Jesus. It's nearly like we say, okay, up to you. And as we do it, this breath of God is going to come. There's a song and the lyrics say, I'm laying down my life. I'm giving up control. I surrender all. Please, you might want to take a moment. We'll sing it a couple of times. So the first time around, just don't jump into it. 
These are really significant words. And when we've had an opportunity to personally respond, we're going to do something in hearing that prophetic word again, which that we will go out into this week, fired and fueled by faith, knowing that God is with us and God has spoken to us. God, you hear our heart cry and our prayer. We open up the doors, open up the windows and listen to your word right now. Just like the stewards, if you would, to open up those doors at the back of the room. If you're able to, if you just turn it and make a thank you, Joe. Thank you. Let's just open up those doors. And let's hear the prophetic word from the Lord. Just the word about at the moment is about increase. Can I just say, um, Mike and Ali, Miriam, just come back from Cuba, but we went out on a mission trip. Uh, John and Julia out in South Africa speaking at a conference. Next month I'm traveling out to Lesotho uh, next month uh, to visit the church we have out there. Uh, it's all about our increase. It's all about being out there. At this very moment, Harry Pickett is in Romania with Andy and Karen Chalmers uh, looking at uh, work out there and a possible mission trip out there later in the year. Uh, just pray for him now and ask a hand of blessing upon him in Jesus' name. Protect him as he travels. And Andy, may they know your hand, Lord God, as we look to increase our influence across your world. In Jesus' name. And I believe the word that the Lord gave to me while we were fasting and praying was to tell us to open the doors and open the windows of our life. To pull up the blinds and to draw back the curtains. Because he wants to come to breathe the breath of his spirit and blow through this house. Not because I'm disappointed with you, says the Lord, but because I'm pleased. For I've seen your hunger and I've heard your cries. And I'm coming to breathe new life into you Hallelujah. and to take from you take, and to take you from where you are to that place you long to be. For it is the breath of God, the moving of the Spirit that changes everything. It was the breath of God that transformed Adam from being just dust. And it is the breath of his Spirit that will bring you life. For without the Spirit moving in your life, you are just dust. It was, a spirit, it was on the wind of his Spirit that he brought the plague of locusts to Egypt. And, it was on, and, it, and on the wind of his breath, God says, I will remove the locusts that have ravaged you. And I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. It was my breath, says God, that opened the sea for Moses. And it was my breath that closed the sea upon his enemies. And my breath will open ways that you thought were impassable. And my breath will take you through into a new land. And my breath will deliver you and destroy your enemies. It was my breath that gathered dry bones spread across a valley floor. And it was my breath that filled them and made them a great and a mighty army. And my breath, I will gather from this region a body drawn from the deepest valleys of life. And I will breathe into them and they will become a great and a mighty army. It was the breath of my spirit at Pentecost that came like a rushing mighty wind, energizing and transforming my church into men and women who turned the world upside down. And the breath of my spirit will blow upon this house, says the Lord, from the youngest to the oldest. So open the doors, open the windows, pull up the blinds, draw back the curtains, because I'm coming with the breath of heaven to blow away the chaff, to blow away the dust, to blow away the cobwebs, set upon that which should be active. I'm coming to revitalize that which was once full of life by breathing my breath again through this house. My breath is never stale. Everything I breathe upon, says God, is made fresh. For my breath, my kisses are the kiss of life. I'm coming to perform a makeover upon you, to remodel you, 
to lift you to higher ground, to take you into deeper things, to open to you new spheres of influence and operation, to take you higher, to take you deeper, to take you wider. Open the doors, open the windows, pull up the blinds, draw back the curtains and let there be light, the new light of fresh revelation. Let it flood into your house, the light of new insight and freshness of vision that in your continued journey with me, you may walk in a new dimension of my plans and my purpose. For everything is disturbed by the wind of change. And as my breath rushes through the house like a great cyclone, it will blow away everything that is not found and rooted in me. There will be challenges, but there will also be the thrill of new things I'm doing among you. The throngs, the throngs, the throngs of new people I'm sending to you. There's a sound from heaven, says God. The sound of rustling in the treetops. There's a scent of living water in the air. There's a small cloud the size of a man's hand in the distant sky. But it's drawing itself closer and it's getting bigger. So prepare yourselves, says God. Open every door. Open every window. Pull up every blind. Draw back every curtain. And allow the breath of your God and the light of your God to penetrate every part of your lives. And we cry to God and we say, breathe on us, breath of God. Fill us with life anew in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So go through the open door and what you receive from God, take out there. It's not just for in here, but it is for out there. Amen. 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 Amen.